Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. Continuing in James chapter 4. Indeed, we are. And so much to say, I'm just going to jump right in now. Well, it, it is good, you know, for, for our listeners, it's it's a joy that they can listen to us at one and a half speed, but unfortunately, we don't record at one and a half speed, and so we got to talk like this whole segment. <laughs> I, I was actually talking to a brother the other night that says that he listens not just to us, but yeah. to all podcasts at like three times. Three times speed? I don't even think my brain works that fast. I don't know if I could listen that fast, but everyone's going to sound like Alvin and the Chipmunks, aren't they? You would think so. <laughs> So I'm going to go ahead and speak at regular speed. You listen how you want. Regular. James chapter 4, verses 11 and 12 from the English Standard Version. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? So we judge, we don't judge. Uh, as I read this, the first echo I have is to the first chapter where the warning is that we need to be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves, that when we're not doers, we become uh, judges of the law. That's what he's saying here, you know, yes. Who are we to judge against other people? And and now here we're talking about the law. If you're a judge of the law, you are not a doer. Well, okay, so most folks today... Let me ask it this way. What is the most well-known passage in Scripture today, Andrew? <laughs> today? Today. Not not back in the 80s. Okay. I mean, back in the 80s, we all know. It was John 3.16. John 3.16. There was a clown at every baseball game, That's and right. he held up a sign that said John 3.16. And, now, and I don't mean a clown like mocking his faith. I mean a fellow literally dressed, dressed up like a clown. Like a clown. <laughs> you guys should YouTube this. It happened. Yes, yeah, John 3.16. Yeah. But now, that was the 1980s. Now in the 2020s, what's the most well-known it's, it's, verse? It's got to be Matthew 7.1, right? About judge not, lest you be judged. And James, as we've said, repeatedly is anchored in the Sermon on the Mount. All of this talk about judging stems from that and is commenting on that. And lots of people know Matthew 7 and verse 1. Not as many people know this passage, but the ones who do, do the same thing this this passage that they yeah. did with Matthew 7 1. Pull it out of its context. Are, are, you, suppo- expl- are you telling me right now that, that the message of Christianity is not summed up in don't judge people? <laughs> I am telling you that. That is the the message of Christianity is not summed up in don't judge people. Huh. At least not the way folks today think he's talking about. Here's here's the problem. Folks today hear don't judge people, yeah. and what they hear is you should not say that someone else is wrong about something. Correct. You should not say you that someone else You just need to is- affirm every view and every behavior. That's all you got to do is just affirm people. And an extension of that is you certainly shouldn't say that because they are wrong about this, that their soul will be condemned. Yes. You certainly shouldn't say you that. You probably shouldn't call them to repentance either, Absolutely tell people not. to cleanse their hands or, you know, turn their joy to mourning and lamenting. You shouldn't say any of those things, well, which it seems like James, James has is, just done. He's really out of his depth here, isn't he? <laughs> That's exactly right. It is interesting that this, this thing that he's just said about don't speak evil against your brothers and the way people in interpret it, James just said, you adulteresses. I guess he's been calling them, 
names. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've murdered. You're coveting. Yeah, murders and covetous. So maybe what he's saying here is not saying we're not allowed to do what he just did in the previous paragraph. Okay. I appreciate the fact that you first tied it back to in chapter one: be not only hearers but also be doers. doers. Yeah. In chapter two. We actually see a picture of judgment that he is concerned about. Remember, that was when the wealthy man came into the assembly mm-hmm. and the poor, poor man, man came into yeah, the assembly. That's right. And they said, you know, to the wealthy man, they say, oh, you stand here in this place of honor. You sit in this place of honor now to the poor man. Um, go, you, 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 just go over, stand over there. Would you, could you kind of get out of the way? Here's James's assessment of that. When you've done that, have you, this is James 2 4, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves? and become judges with evil thoughts. Mm-hmm. In that context, there in chapter 2, he then provides the law mm-hmm. that they are violating. Verse 8 of chapter 2, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. Mm-hmm. In chapter 4, when he says, Who are you to judge your neighbor? I'm... I'm jarred just a little bit that in the rest of that paragraph, he's been talking about brothers. Yeah. Don't speak evil against one another. Brothers. If you speak against a brother or judge a brother, why does he in this last sentence turn it to neighbor? Well, because he's calling to mind that royal law. Love your neighbor Neighbor as yourself. yourself. Here's the royal law. I believe it's called the royal law because when Jesus was asked, for instance, in Matthew 22, What's the greatest command? Do you remember how he responded? Yeah, it's... Uh, Number one is... You, you love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, strength. But for some reason, when he was asked, what's the greatest commandment, he wasn't satisfied only giving us number one. He also gave us number two, yeah, the which second is, is... The second is like unto it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Boom, there it is. Royal law. This is the law of our king. And he goes on to say that on this hangs all the law and the prophets. He wasn't saying... Keep these two, and it doesn't matter if you keep the rest. He right. said, if you keep these two, then the rest of the law, it'll all fall into place, because that's what the rest of is it about, is about loving God and loving your neighbor. Here's the thing that most of us miss, that when Jesus gave us the second greatest commandment, he was actually quoting the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was quoting, quoting a Leviticus, passage wasn't in Leviticus he? chapter 19. Yeah. In Leviticus chapter 19, as Jesus, uh, excuse me, as Moses is recording the law in verse 18, Leviticus 19, 18, you shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's the one he says, you pull this one out. And the rest of that one and what we find in Deuteronomy 6 about loving God with all your yeah. heart, soul, and mind, you get those two, everything else will fall into place. Here's what's really intriguing is in Leviticus 19, this statement is in a context. There's actually several paragraphs that are leading up to it. And I just want to read verse 15. Okay. This is, this is part of the love your neighbor passage. And Leviticus 19.15, you shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. Let me stop right there. 
Does that sound like something we've read in James? Yeah, that sounds like exactly what uh, he was rebuking them for in James 2. Because partiality. That partiality. Partiality. And even about the rich over the poor. Partiality violates the law of loving your neighbor. So even if you think I'm making it up, that this is a part of the context back in Leviticus 19, James is treating it as part of the context. He's saying, I know what the royal law is, love your neighbor as yourself, and I know partiality violates that. I can take you to the law where it says that. So let me go back. Leviticus 19.15, you shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Are you there in the New King James? Yeah. Are you looking, What does yeah. it say in the New King James, Leviticus 19.15? Sure. You shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty. In righteousness you shall judge your neighbor. Both of them have Boom. that. So, so James asked this question, who are you to judge your neighbor? Today, in 2022, people find that question, oh, this is a rhetorical question. The answer is obviously, well, I'm nobody. I should never, ever, in any sense of the word, ever do anything that might be construed as judgment or making a judgment yeah. about my neighbor. The, the problem with that is, is that James is writing to Jewish Christians who are familiar with the teachings of Jesus, sure. who are familiar with the law, who are familiar with the entire background of this royal law. He's brought it all together. Even in chapter two, when he was talking about judgment, it was including this issue of partiality. So we know that this is all in the background of what James is saying. What I want to posit is that the answer to his question is not a straight, absolute no caveats. I'm nobody. I'm not ever allowed the, to do The question anything. about who to judge? Yeah, who are you to judge your okay, neighbor? Okay. Who are you to judge your neighbor? What this should do is take me back to what did it say about judging my neighbor? How, I am to judge my neighbor in righteousness. righteousness. And if what I'm doing is violating the law of loving my neighbor in my judgment, then I shouldn't be judging my neighbor. Take me back to chapter two of James. If I'm looking at you based on the clothes that you wear, based on the color of your skin, based on the level of your education, based on the the level of your income or what side of town you live on, I am not loving you. My judgment then is unrighteous judgment. Who am I to judge my neighbor? I shouldn't be judging my neighbor. I shouldn't be doing that. But if any judgment I am making towards you is anchored in the fact that I love you, I love you as I love myself, and then we take it to the next level with Jesus' commandment about love. I love you the way Jesus loves you. Mm -hmm. Then when I bring what can be construed as judgments to you, I am judging in righteousness. And then I can say, well, I'm the person who loves you. That's who I am. I love you. I care about your soul. I'm drawing you closer to God. I'm not judging you with hypocrisy and insincerity. I'm not judging you with with, uh, arrogance. I'm not judging you with partiality. I am bringing a judgment. I am I am assessing that what you're doing is sinful and is going to cost your soul. If I loved you, of course I'm going to bring that to That's you. That's actually part of loving your neighbor then is to practice this righteous judgment. Which is why James in the previous paragraph says, you adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? He is making a judgment. He's he's looking yeah. at people and saying, you guys have decided to cheat on the Lord. You, the bride of Christ, have decided to pursue the seducer, the devil, with the world, and, and he is making a judgment and calling them to repentance. 
this entire letter is going to end with this concept that if anyone has strayed from the truth and you restore them, you draw them back, you have saved a sinner from death. Mm-hmm. And, and we need people to make those kinds of judgments because there are folks who are turning away from the truth. There are folks who are pursuing false gods. There are folks that are pursuing false teaching and doctrine and error that will condemn their souls. And I'm going to tell you, they may not like it when you come talk to them today, but there's going to be a day that they're going to wish you had talked to them. You know, uh, and, and maybe that brings us back to James 4, verse uh, 12. Uh, the New King James says there is one lawgiver. When you read it, did it say a little different in yours? There is only one lawgiver and judge, and he judge. who is able to save and to destroy. Yeah. We we think of Jesus as Savior, and so he is, and we think of him as King, and so he is. But those are not the two titles that James is concerned with right now. He's called lawgiver and judge. Yes. Right? And that's about God. And so now we need to think of him in the sense of righting the wrongs. And if we are going to pursue sin in this world, the demonic wisdom and so forth, then what we can expect is to be treated like murderers, the covetous, the adulteresses. That will receive his judgment, and that will look like perdition for the ungodly. Um And when he returns, that is when there will be judgment. I do want to back up to verse 11. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. Notice where that started. Do not speak evil against one another. Well, James has been very concerned with speech, hasn't he? Yes. (laughs) Today, again, we equate that with judgment in our modern day as people talk about it. And what they say about that is that if you say that someone is incorrect, you are speaking evil against them. That is not what this speaking evil against means. This is slander. Right. This is reproach. This is bringing false accusations. In fact, we can find it used that way in 1 Peter 3.16. It's used as, it's translated in the ESV as slander. But in the Septuagint, in the law, in the Greek translation of the law and the prophets and the writings, Numbers 21, verse 5 and 7, Psalm 78.19, we've got in Hosea, where this is used to say reproaches and false accusations against God and against Moses. Mm-hmm. That's that. So this is talking about slandering. It's not just saying, I've said you've done something wrong. Right. If I'm saying that you're doing wrong when you're not, that's slander. Yeah. If I'm talking about you behind your back, that's slander. Mm-hmm. That, and that's what he's speaking against. He says, when you do that, you're judging the law. But why am I judging the law? Because I'm not following it. The law says I don't do that. The law says when you love your neighbor, you don't do those things. And so when you go against the law, you are judging the law as invalid. Mm -hmm. He's not saying if you ever say that someone is wrong, then you've decided you're the judge. You've made yourself a judge. And that's bad. What he's saying is when you violate the law, you're judging the law instead of doing the law. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. Who am I to judge my neighbor? I need to be answering that. I'm the guy who loves my neighbor. And that's, that's where any judgment I have right now yeah. is coming from. Otherwise, it is unrighteous, and then I need to stay away from that. Love the neighbor. Righteous judgment. Over time here, I knew it would happen. Lead us in prayer to take us out. A great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, for the day that you've given us, and we humble ourselves in prayer. We pray, God, that you might search out our hearts, help us to walk wisely, to make the most of this time. Lord, we want to grow in love, grow in love towards you and towards our neighbors, And to truly love our neighbor, Father, help us to practice wisdom, discernment, and yes, judgment, Father, that we might uh, pursue your ways in faith and truth and help other people to know your truth as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. 
I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.